track called regrets off his new album lost thoughts 2 go find that i'm listening through spotify but that is on all platforms look my brother up t-tone 216 on instagram shout out to you bro that song is hot and we starting off the life is golden how y'all doing thank y'all so much for listening this episode is the most powerful one to date and i hope you all enjoy it i have my special guest my grandmother is joining the podcast and she has some very inspirational words i'm very excited for what is in store on this episode follow us at the life is golden on all social media platforms give us five stars and like us on apple Podcasts as well as spotify subscribe and rate us five stars give us a review Thank you for listening to the Life is Golden Podcast. Welcome to the Life is Golden Podcast. I'm your host, C. Gold. Thank you all all for listening. This episode is dedicated to my madre. Madre, shout out to you. I love you so much. Thank you for being the inspiration that you are and loving me unconditionally. I love you so much. Happy Mother's Day, madre. Welcome to the Life is Golden Podcast. Welcome y'all to the Life is Golden Podcast. I'm joined here by a very special guest, very special person in my life. She goes by Mucka. This is my grandmother. She got her name Mucka from when I was a baby. Legendary story tells me that I was attempting to say mother and came out with Mucka and it stuck. Yes, it <laughs> so. did. Yes, it did. Well, good morning, Kristen. <laughs> Mucka. Everybody call me Mucka. When the adults call me Mucka, it's like, oh, no, no, that's off bit. It's just for the kids. Just for the kids. Yes. <laughs> and you are known as Mucka, though, but. Yeah. yeah, everybody know who Mucka is. Exactly. 27 years later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Funny enough. Words get around. Yeah. The power of our word. That's why we're here on this podcast. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Spoken word. And for the pod, can you, uh, can you talk about a little bit about your story and what you do want to share, what you don't want to share? I'll say this is that my story equipped me for doing the, uh, been in ministry at the Juvenile Justice Center as a chaplain. And this was girls, house, house five, five pods of girls. The, my life was not a good childhood. And I'm not going to go into depth, uh, real, a lot of detail, but I haven't said there's a lot of abuse. There was sexual, physical, and mental abuse for us as children. We did not have food to eat most times. We was living out of our car or if we did have a house that didn't have any lights or gas or water we still didn't water all of that stuff and it equipped me and see I didn't know I was being equipped then but it did to be able to go in and spread this and what God has done is that because of the results of this in my childhood I became very very negative very dark I remember the day when Jesus said even though we used to go to church I remember the day Jesus asked me and I was in the middle of something. He says, Ray, I die for you. Won't you let me live through you? And I say this to every believer. Stop trying to live for Jesus and allow his spirit and the power of God to live through you. Of course, I told him no. Okay. How, can you imagine saying no to somebody says, hey, I want to come and give you life and more abundantly. No. 
That's where my no was. I know, you know, no thanks, <laughs> Jesus, you know. So I been did my thing. I was doing my thing. So God took, and so what it took to get to me, because I hurt a lot of people because I was angry. But what God took that and turned it around, and what he did, he had to enter my, up my life. He interrupted it with the death of my daughter. My daughter, Shauna, she was three months old. But God took her disease to show me what was wrong with me. There was something wrong with my heart. Shauna's heart. Shauna, Shauna had the main chamber of her heart missing. That was the reason why she died. You never know it on the outside because she was perfect. Everything, her eyes, she could see, she, but, but the main chamber of her heart was missing and there was nothing they could do to fix it. They just found it out in the last year how to fix it. These children die like her. It's called a hyperplastic left ventricle. But it took me bringing a Bible. I brought this Bible so I could argue with some Jehovah's Witness that had been bothering me, you know, while I was <laughs> in the hospital. Sorry, y'all. That's just what they was doing. They was arguing. <laughs> so I brought my Bible with me to the hospital and I start opening it up. I'll open it up random because they told me my baby's going to die. That was the thing was my death. That was my uh, Achilles heel. I didn't want a month, well, no, none of my kids to suffer. I didn't want any of my kids to die before me. But that was what it was. And um, as I started reading the word, I started reading the word. I just opened it up. I wasn't trying to read nothing because I didn't want to read the Bible. But I would just open it up because I need somebody to tell me something. How was I going to get through this? How come when they told me my baby was going to die, that I felt like I was falling? Oh, I know some of y'all had this sensation of somebody falling. Because during this coronavirus, people was falling left and right. People we never thought would be sick or get sick. I... Uh, encompassed it myself. I encountered Corona, but God, to the glory of God, I didn't, it didn't catch on. Um, but as this happened, I started needing somebody to tell me something. What can somebody tell me? And I would open up the Bible and I wouldn't open up to anywhere. And it said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such as kingdom of heaven. That was the episodes that started taking me, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does Bible talk? No, what I'm talking about death, you know, we associate heaven with death when you ain't into the Lord or nothing, and I wasn't. So long story short, there was a minister that came from Seminary Baptist Church, and he was a, just a boring old dude, man. I used to sit there at church and want to go smoke marijuana. He just made my, my eyes sleepy and everything. I wanted to go home and smoke. <laughs> so he came to the, the hospital, came to the hospital, and he was he told me the greatest prayer. He stayed 10 minutes. The greatest prayer I ever prayed was, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's what he said. And when I thought about what he was saying to me, I realized my will. I told Jesus, no. I was doing my will all that time. And then that was it. When he left, I got on the floor. And I, I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's been my will. And it hasn't been yours. But I'm asking you, and I don't know I don't deserve anything, Lord, because I hurt a bunch of people. And I asked you, Lord, God, forgive me. But be to forgive me, do this. Would you give me strength? Would you give me courage? And would you give me an endurance to endure this trial with this baby? Because there's nobody else to help me. My mother was on drugs. She came and wearing uh, Elvis Presley uh, sunglasses. She would give these sunglasses. They were so dark. I was like, Elvis Presley? And that's my, that's my mother. <laughs> I get confused and I would get angry because she wasn't ready. And then my husband was an alcoholic, so he, he wasn't helpful. He couldn't be. He was drunk all the time, so he never came. But I began, there's where I picked up, and you know, God gave me every bit of everything I asked for. He gave me courage. He gave me strength and endurance, because what happened to Shauna, she did die. She eventually died, and I saw my baby girl pass from his life to earth. But I know 
that the word of God is real and is true and is able to help anyone that will call upon him. Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Jesus will lift up to me. I And I've not told you I've done right or wrong or backwards and forwards. I'm telling you that there's a living God who's in control of all situations. And Jesus is the one who, if we look up to him, he'll draw you into him. And we give you the promises and the life, the new life, and all the things you need so badly. The courage, the encouragement, the healing. He give all that comes from him. So that's my testimony in a, in a nutshell. I love it. That's so, so powerful. So powerful. Because it kind of speaks for itself. I'm going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Success defined is on my wall. Up. It's not an accident or a chance. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing. So with that being said, can you... Give some thoughts behind that. Wow, that's powerful. Success defined. But it goes in correlation with something a day or so ago I read. And it was like, I know this thing, but it's like it hit me profoundly. And it's uh, connected to that success defined. And um, Kristen, I read it in the book of Oswald Chambers. Of course, it was just one paragraph, though. And I don't know if I could just read that little one paragraph. Could I read that? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Right What's the title of that? Uh, this is my utmost for his highest. Okay. This is the book for any believer that really want to get the assignment to walk a day by day with him. But here it is. It says success defined. Keep it in mind. Oswald Chambers says in uh, April 23rd devotion, it says we have no right to judge where we should be put or to have any preconceived notions as to what God is fitting us for. God engineers everything. Wherever he puts us, our one great aim is to pour out our wholehearted devotion to him in that particular work. Whatsoever thy hands find it to do, do it with thy might. That's what success is. That's what success is. And keeping the direction of my mind on who is here, who's present, who has done, put me where I am, mm -hmm. and to do that outstandingly, where mm -hmm. I'm at, mm -hmm. not some other place. But we're here today. I'm here today because my grandson, I have great respect for Christian Golden. And um, I realized that his aspirations and his desires are pointed toward the Lord. And so I feel much grateful for him to be asking me to be on this podcast to say anything. But that was the end of that. That's well, that was a lot. Because what's important with me is when I think about the definition of success is, is relative. Well, Oswald Chambers was saying in his word that wherever God put me or put you or put whoever his engineering for your purpose in your life and I think we all can be successful as long as we are focused on our purpose and finding our passion and what we good at and what we were put here to do. Yeah, I agree to that. When I began to understand who it was that engineers my life, then I began to understand where success was pointed or what the what the true meaning of success is. Success is yielding myself, yielding myself to the one who engineers my life, not to look 
or go beyond what he has said, or not to go beyond what he has directed, right. but to do that thing that he's an engineer for me that day and do it with all my might. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I left true well, we know we've had the pandemic and um mm-hmm. that kind of directed a lot of things toward different uh endings for different people. One being me, what I did was retire at opportune time due to the government, doing to you know, all the things around social security, all that kind of stuff. And I get a lot of this. Um oh, well, they'll say, call me Muckety, call me Ray, Miss Ray. <laughs> they called me Miss Ray, just for informational, because I was a chaplain at Juvenile Justice Center. Um, but they would say, well, why? Why aren't you still doing that? We, 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 why aren't you still doing this? Because there was something else that God had directed me for a year earlier, and that was for my grandson, Tristan my younger grandson. He mm-hmm. told me, he gave me something else to do. But what it is, is where he put me. And mm-hmm. while I'm there, I'm going to do it with all my might. And when I do it with all my might, the doors open and then he just towards something else. He's always moving me. But as long as I stay put, when mm-hmm. he said stay put, and then when I stay put and I do that well, I do it well. And um, well, not being demanding a lot of things, but surrendering myself to what he wants of me in that particular time with this particular person in the ministry I have at home. No, you retired from True Freedom. You were a chaplain in the uh, juvenile justice in the juvenile in particular. Where I retired from was the Ohio AFSCME care plan. That was 20, um, 2018. Mm-hmm. I retired from the, that was my 37 year job. But as the time went on, as the pandemic broke in 2020, it was 2019. That's when I had to make a decision to retire from ministry because the prison doors had shut. The Bible study I brought those girls in, in short was this. It was, it was a, a, the title was it Consider Your Ways. It's in the book of Haggai. And God just says, consider your ways. Mm-hmm. Consider what you're doing. Consider decisions you make. Consider them. And that was what was left with those children. The last day I spoke to all of them and, and I had a pod of three children, uh, three uh, pods of children. Could have been eight to 10 kids in each pod, so about 30 girls in that particular mm-hmm. day. I say that to say that was the last time that I came in. And then after that, I was moved to shut it because they wouldn't open it up. You know what happened in 2020. Right. And then what happened, you know, is what's happening now. Even the doors aren't open. They still right, aren't Right, still, yeah. But the retirement was right on hand. Everything was, you know, timely. I think when we listen and we follow direction, his direction, and we just walk with him first and with faith in him and asking him for guidance in moments that we need clarity and everything, that his timing is always so profound. So it may not make sense in the moment, but down the road, you can always look back and be like, mm, I see what God was preparing me for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You see it then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it make a lot of sense. You asked me if I watched the news. I said, nope, because it's just one. They choose how they want to portray certain stories. Yeah. And the news and TV in general is used as mean to brainwash people and uh, shape their way of thinking. One thing is always negative. All the news is just like. Yeah, I I agree with that. No news is good news. It's a reason people say that. So. That's why I don't watch it. No news is good news because yeah. it's like, of course, you want to be informed. And I do make sure I read articles and kind of stay a, a alert of and course. aware of what's going on. But like one thing that I've stopped doing in my life is is watching these videos of 
police killings and oh stuff goodness. like that. Oh I, I just won't watch. I don't need to see it. It's it's um, it's not even enlightening. And I agree totally with that. But I think we, they got us believing that we have to watch it, like during the trial. See, right. when I really sat down with it, because I, I would go to the Lord with it. I sat down with it. I said, Lord, you know, and then some voice said, who cares about that? Who cares? It's not that, it, but because it became a thing. And I said, this is uh, sensationalism. This is exalting something that of negativity. And like you say, the news is pushing forth a worldview. It's pushing you forth toward a worldview. And the worldview is agree with this and disagree with that. And right. agree with that. Disagree right. with this. And I just, I kind of block it out. It's too... Negative. It's too negative. It's too negative. <laughs> too negative. And because we become a product of what we put in, it's just like a just like nutrition wise. You feel how you eat. Mm-hmm. Your brain is the same way. You know your day to day feeling or perspective on life is shaped by what you're putting in. So for me, I like to say. I'm giving people something positive with the life is golden, mm-hmm. helping people think positively and view the world positively. So the less we put in uh, food that ain't no good for us, the healthier we become. And one of the things, focal points for me in the morning is realizing that if I direct my thoughts toward the one and that one being God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, being Jesus, who who is uh, the govern, who's governing everything. It's his, him who's governing everything. So if I'm directing my thoughts to the things he tells me, then I'm receiving my daily bread. That's how you daily mm-hmm. bread. You bring it in to you, okay? Mm-hmm. But the minute I turn the TV on, you can feel the struggle. You feel the, the struggle of darkness and light. Actually, when people say positivity or negativity, I'd rather describe it as darkness and light. Okay. Because, see, some things want to just to affect your mental health state right. of mind. A lot of people going into to mental illness because of the things they see and the things they read and the thing the, the coronavirus. I, I'm asking you ask me a question. So how did you cope when they said there would be a virus that would take over the whole world? Because when I realized this thing is doing everywhere, I realized who was at work. What, what about you? How did you? Yeah, at first it was scary. It was unknown. It's like, wow, our whole world just completely changed and just stopped and went from feeling free and being able to go hang with your friends and family, go to the store. <laughs> to, dang, should I go to the store? Am I doing this? Taking off your clothes as soon as you come in the house and spraying it with yeah. disinfectant spray. Wash your hands. <laughs> yes, washing hand sanitizer, the mask. It was absolutely insane. And I went, I was at the Cavs game the night that the NBA shut down. No, actually the day before the NBA shut down on a Monday. And I believe you had the dates. You said it was March 8th. Yeah, March 8th, 9th and 10th. Those are days I remember. Yep. So I, I was at that Cavs game the day before and the Cavs had played the team who had the first outbreak of coronavirus. Wow. And I wasn't in there with no mask or nothing. It wasn't no social distance. It was crazy just to go from that. And then we were watching a game. And then they were like, yeah, this game's being postponed or canceled. I, I can't, I, I believe they stopped it at halftime. And then they were like, yeah, the NBA season is postponed. Then it's like, okay, I'm going into the work. And I worked in a building with 10,000 people easily. Then they sent us all home. We're like, yeah, to pack up your desk. You're going to be working remotely and indefinitely. Mm-hmm. All of this was scary. It was so unsure. But faith, faith in God and knowing that me, I was covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, my family. Over time, 
it became easier just to, I, I don't want to say cope, but just understand it's hard to explain, but it is. It's very deep because my thought process through this whole thing went everywhere. But the more that time went on, the more light was shed, that's been shed, that's being shed. Even today, mm-hmm. that we consider getting vaccinated and it's like the uncertainty in that. Mm-hmm. Me, now I'm playing semi-pro football and coaching baseball and I'm around people. Part of me is like just a responsibility for my family and everybody. I feel like I should, right? But then you see all these <laughs> negative cases and the stuff happening. But it's like more times than not, people are fine. And then the good is outweighing that risk. And of course, it's like, all right, I got God. So well, yeah. I got Jesus. So I, I don't fear anything. Right. And we got masks. Right. I hate to say it, but <laughs> right. we, I'm not putting on a gut. I'm not doing a vaccine or anything. This is not to promote either or. For myself, I'm not going to do it till the dust clears. Right. That to me, would it say to anybody else? I'm going to wear a mask until the dust clears. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't mind taking vaccines. I take a vaccine for shingles. I took a vaccine for a long time ago was tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same type of world type things that bring But what I want to say about this is that um, for me, because like you said, it's yet to look around at so many things, uh, knowing who the government is being ruled by. Because, you know, thinking of in in earlier biblical days when there were wars or not wars, God was doing both using both sides. Yeah. He's working. I was just about to say, because with us all being human Mm -hmm. on earth, power of choice. Yep. And the government operate under the same way, right? Yeah, yes. They got the power of choice. Yes. And I would tend to say they choose the side of evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they chose on what, what we deem is evil. Right. But God is, is the judge. And he could turn it around for good. Because see, I'm going to tell you, so a lot has happened to human beings. Just thinking about human beings and where our, our morales are and our, where we put things, mm-hmm. where we put the, the word freedom. But see, in a world that God made, I'm realizing him. I said, Lord, you you work a lot and you work through the things that people do. He's at work all the time. So he he, he ain't sleep, but he's at work. And, um, and as I, I began to read that, I mean, uh, to, to look at the things that was happening, that quelled the fear of the things that were happening. Because it's got to be overwhelming to people who don't have a right. thought. That's my thing that's kind of... It's hard to wrap my head around and I'm an open-minded person. And I understand people got their perceptions and their views of the world that's shaped by what they've been through and what they believe, how they was raised. But like people who question God or the how real he is <laughs> throughout all of this is just so crazy. Like, I don't understand how you can be out here living, especially now in these times. It's like clearly we close to the last days if these ain't the yes, last days. You know? I agree. Of course, agree we don't 100%. know when it is. No, we don't know. But we, he know the signs. He said, these are the signs he said. Exactly. Going. Number one, the season's blending. Like just last week, it snowed. Now mm-hmm. today is 70. Yeah. Going to be 80 in a couple of days. Right. If that ain't season's blending, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you see all, all the death that's around us. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, I, I was asking Chris Tristan uh, about the book of Revelation. It talks about how this on the on a horse, riding a horse, he's riding a red horse, and and he was deaf. This is what it was described after the book of Revelations. But I thought about it made me to go back about ten years to you, Christian, when you came and told me Mucka what you had saw at Myrtle Beach. 
You came and told me something you had seen on the street. I mean, I'm not, I don't have to go where it was, but it was it was, it was evil. Yeah. It was it was dark and evil. But as I walked those streets of Myrtle Beach, I look into the eyes of those those females. It was uh, oh, yeah. Bike Week, yeah, and the eyes of females who were prostitutes or whatever. Yeah, and I saw the, the pain. They were lost, and they was it was dark and the pain. And when I saw the that, just well, it wasn't just that, but that snapped me. And then. What really put the icing on the thing was when we shut the door that night to go sleep and it was pounding on our door fight. When we were in Myrtle Beach, we were sleeping, each of us had a bed, and they pounded. I remember waking up to it. What was that? What's that pounding at our door? They don't, we don't know nobody here. I'm thinking of the book of Sodom and Gomorrah, where yeah. so, uh, um, Lot and his wife and them, they was... Uh, in the house. And then these angels came because God said, I'm about to do this, this, and this. Things that people know, that's where this stuff come from. God said, do this, do this, and tell Lot that just get moving, pack his stuff. They mm-hmm. they pounded on the door when the angels came to tell Lot, the, the wicked men pounded, open that door up, open that door up, open that door, let's find out who's in here, who's in here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the angels made them all blind, go yeah. away, and then Lot and his wife, and then after, as we, we, we know of the Bible, that his wife turned and saw because she looked back at her life. But I'm saying that to say that with darkness wants to overcome light and, and darkness can't overcome light. It can't, yeah. Even in our day to day, just in the world now, and I guess I can call it a gift. The same way when I said I can feel when I need to tell somebody about the podcast mm-hmm. and I know they're going to, you know, listen or like it or whatever. I can feel that say, I can feel when it's darkness, mm-hmm. when it's somebody being controlled by a demon. Right. You know what I mean? When it's a lost soul, it's right. And that's where it's hard because, of course, we're supposed to love and we're supposed to spread the message. But like we can't play God and we can't save everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So all I do is just pray for them when I see it. And I'm just, oh, I know this is a demon. I could tell. Right. Right. You can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel. And that's the thing is more prevalent that we able to tell the difference. If you really in in tune with God, our father, then you definitely can feel these things. Approach and you can push on the unapproachable, the demonic, angelic, whatever they are. Yeah, absolutely. When in those days when that happened, we came home. God had told me something. I think I told you. He said, "Pray for your grandkids and pray for your children. Begin to pray now every single day." And that began. Mm-hmm. So me and you know we is that's been decade ago. A little right. more. Okay, you were seventeen driving. You twenty seven now. So that was a whole ten years ago. But in the midst of all these things, I've seen how God is uh, blessed and God has uh, delivered and God has been rescued and God has provided and He's done all these things toward my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And every morning I thank Him for having favor upon me to t- ask me to do that. He mm-hmm. said, "Well, yeah, I gave you that burden then, but now it's time to roll it over to me." Now this is what one more. From out of the chamber, last paragraph. Ahead. Last paragraph says, Roll thy burden upon the Lord. You have been bearing it all. Deliberately put one end on the shoulders of God. The government shall be on his shoulder. Commit to God that which he hath given thee. And don't fling it off, but put it over onto him and yourself with it. And the burden is lightened by the sense of companionship. Never dissociate yourself from the burden. And on this, I wrote all the names of my grandkids on the mm. Bible. And and I said, say that to say, I have no choice because as time go on, muck could get old, you know, I'm just, whichever. But I know that he is, God is about to do a work. And I know that he's governing. He's letting me know, Ray, I got this. I just wanted you to do what I told you to do, to commit it to me so you could see that I have it. It's a wonderful thing to be part of that. But it's a wonderful thing even more to see where God's working in your life. 
the work of um, your podcast, the work of uh, your your relationship with him. Mm-hmm. He's helping you. He's forgiving you. He's forgiving me. Um, I thank him so much for what he's provided for us so that we can go forth and at the end of the day, lifting up the one who should be lifted up. Mm-hmm. I advise, be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. Mm-hmm. And this, where Jesus says, so come unto me, all ye are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, you shall find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that is the encouragement I want to leave uh but maybe the podcast message with this is that his yoke is easy he don't get tired human beings get tired mm-hmm. but god he don't get tired that is real god giving you the guidance and putting you where you are now something a message you can give for on the hard days when it's, you feel like you can't do it no more so just beat down you feel worn down for people in debt for people struggling for people who for people unhappy what's something for you that you do on your hard days, what's something that helps you? I told you earlier that a lot of times people focus with a relationship with God on what they're doing and what they're not. Mm-hmm. It's not where it's at. The relationship comes in the form of some called, and we hear often, redemption. Mm-hmm. It calls redemption. He did that. Jesus redeemed us. He did the work. So when we're sad, when are we're afraid, mm-hmm. when we're struggling, Some folks can be struggling with addiction when we're uh, depressed or low. When I realize that what love was to pay the total cost for me, when you're not asking me for what I do or I don't do, you you ain't even there. You see, you could never accomplish for me what I need for me. But... When I realized that he provides for us the power and that very one I told no to, that day, no, I won't let you live your life for me. This is the power that gets the victory. It's his power on the inside of us that gets the victory. But even when it don't, even when we fail, even when all around us seems to give way, no money, no bills, no this, no that, no people to love and care. When all of that gets ready, there's one thing that shines for. It is finished. On the cross, he said, when he said it's finished, I finished the job. Nobody can add to what he's going to do. You can't add to it. I can't add to what he's done for me. Someone like me. And I, it's one of the things I struggle with for myself in the springtime. I struggle with depression. Bad. But daily bread, I approach it. It doesn't make me happy. I didn't say that. I say I approach it because I need the sustenance of his word. I need the sustenance and the promise of his word to walk through me. And then I need to be reminded that in this form of depression, because the depression draw people low. It draw low. It's sickening. It's almost like a sick feeling you get for being there. That he said, I went to death. Right. And I got the keys. And I defeated every enemy coming up to include depression. And realized that his redemption, his redemption provides for me the victory I need to live up the life. I ain't say I was feeling good until I still feel depression. But guess what? I ain't alone. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone ever. Because he's right there with you. He ain't saying, I want you to be happy. Get happy and do that. No, that, that's stuff from the devil. What is true is that Jesus went where he had to go, be in death, and conquered it. Then he started conquering. He came up out the grave, resurrection, conquering everything that could ever come against you. 
and know this Jesus that hung on the cross said, it's finished. Knowing that what's finished is your redemption. So when you're getting low or wherever you're at and you're, you're at a place and you look to one thing, one fact, not your illness, not your sickness, not your failure. Look at redemption because he has already brought you, bought you. And you have the victory because he got it. It's empty. That's powerful. I love it. Pure gold. The life is golden, y'all. When times get hard, just always remember life is golden. God put you here. You are special. Jesus died for you. That's love. That's love. That's enough. That's enough. Never lose hope. You don't lose hope. You'll be golden. Keep the faith. And it's a blessing. It's so, so wonderful to be alive. Like, we don't think about the complexity of our body and how it works. Your lung, you ever think about what your lung was? Like, it's literally a piece of flesh made specifically to take in oxygen, to convert the oxygen to go to your brain, to help your heart, to go through your blood, your heart, like, be Engineered. Man, <laughs> engineered, all go back. Master engineer. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So you got anything else you wanna you wanna say on the pod? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to sit here with my grandson. I mean, this is awesome. It's awesome to be able to share this way and just saying going forward. For anybody that would listen on this day, I would encourage you by saying that my prayers will be directed towards anyone who listened this Amen. day to this podcast. Amen. Amen. I love you, Mucker. Thank you so you too, much Tristan. for coming. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate everything you uh, brought to the podcast. And this next episode is going to be fire. Demo.